Welcome to another installment of Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Roseborough. I am your servant in Jesus Christ. This is the channel that compares what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. So back during the dark days of COVID, uh, during the, the race riots that uh, happened during that time because of the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis, uh, there was a particular prophetic act that was... Um, that occurred at a Bethel event. In fact, Bethel.tv broadcast it. And it was so ludicrous and so empty and so just wackerdoodle that it, it, got, it garnered enough attention that uh, at the time I thought, you know what, I'm not gonna comment on this at the moment. And so I decided I was gonna wait. I was gonna wait for a little while, put it in my notes and decided recently that it's time to come back to it. And here's the reason, we're gonna do a post-mortem on the whole Gandalf stick, thou shalt not pass thingy that happened. And we're gonna do a post-mortem looking at what went wrong because three years later, it's been three years, uh, three years later, ain't nobody saying, oh man, that was the moment when whoop, God got rid of racism in the United States. And boy, if it hadn't been for that prophetic act by Shayon and Bill Johnson and the gang, man, could you imagine how much worse our country would be? No one's talking like that because everybody knows it's done absolutely nothing. It's done nothing. So the question is, what went wrong? And what went wrong is actually quite simple to analyze. And here's the thing. This requires you to consider the root cause of this because the root cause may be actually impacting what's taking place at your church. And my question for you is this. Does your church abide in God's word? Is it preached? Is it exegeted? Is it the center? Do you get copious amounts of God's word week in and week out? Or instead, does God's word barely make an appearance, almost like a cameo appearance? Uh, and uh, is uh, are those who actually read their Bibles and understand it rightly, are they looked at with suspicion? Mm -hmm. I, I know that seems kind of a weird way to go with this, but trust me, you'll see it by the end of this episode. So let me whirl up the desktop. And again, still one of my favorite photos. Uh, shot on the Millennial, uh, Millennium Bridge, 2019 in London. That is St. Paul's Cathedral. Of all my street photography, that's, that's one of my earlier attempts at street photography. It's really kind of held up. Alas, but that's not what we're here for. So let me whirl up my web browser. And we're going to listen to a little less than two minutes of this event at, to start with, and then we'll actually watch the, the, the rest of it. Uh, and you'll note the video I'm using is Gandalf Staff Prophetic Word with Bill Johnson. This was uh, from June 12th of 2020, Bethel's Transformation Now Conference, okay? And boy, is this a mess. Boy, is this a mess. But you'll see what I'm saying. I'll, I'll make some comments along the way, but let's get into it. You know, it. we're going to do some binding and loosening. And one of the things that I've learned in the last maybe around 10 years, that apostles have authority to make the decrees and declaration. That Where in Scripture does it say apostles have authority to make decrees and declarations? And do what, what is the proof, on that you are actually an apostle? I would note this incident's 
actually undermines all claims by Bill Johnson and Shayon and others that participated that they are apostles, like Apostle Savosa and others. In fact, I, this is not the point of this video. What we'll do is uh, up here in the corner, we'll put a link to our Apostles 101 video that we did not that long ago. Uh, if you want to kind of get a, a lowdown on the basics of apostles, you, when you do that, you'll recognize that Shayon and Bill Johnson are not apostles at all. But we continue. Yeah. And something that God gives, and I've seen it work in so many practical ways. Well, Pastor Marlene got a prophetic vision right before this event, and she saw us doing a prophetic act that was going to be very, very historic. So thank you. So she had a prophetic vision about them doing a prophetic act, and he says it's going to be very historic. Historic in the sense that it accomplished nothing. It was a complete nothing burger. You know, back in the day, uh, I, I remember the Wendy's commercial, Where's the Meat?, right? There was, th th this was nothing. This was a complete air biscuit. There's, there's nothing to this. So let me back this up. Listen again. For this event, and she saw us doing a prophetic act that was going to be very, very historic. So thank you for hanging in there and staying with us. But I believe that this is a very crucial time. So why don't you share your vision that we'll do the apostolic decree. Come in. Okay. So I am an artist. I told you this. One of the movies that has really touched my heart is Lord of the Rings. Now, everybody understands, if you know Lord of the Rings, everybody understands what's in my hand. That ain't the word of God, and, uh, oh my goodness. The word of God is the sword of the spirit, not Gandalf's wizard stick. Witchcraft comes to mind. Everybody understands what's in my hand. And during this process, I've been asking God, show me the act. Show me the act. Let me understand. So show me the act, God. What do I need to do to bring racism to an end in the church in the United States? Stand what you were saying. And when Pastor Bill started speaking, I saw the father's heart just opening his arms, opening his arms. And then when Papa Che came forward, I saw the Christ and the sacrifice he did with the Korean community and with the black community during the L.A. riots. I thought the sacrifice that Christ did was on the cross for the sins of the whole world. And then when I heard Ed, Pastor Ed speak, I heard what happened with the ecclesia. The ecclesia being the tool of the Holy Spirit, active in the community. And then I heard Pastor, Pastor Terry coming and speaking for the African-American community. And I heard myself speak why he asked me to do that. Normally, it would only be scriptures, but the Lord told me. I there it is. There's, there's the problem right there. Let me back this up and watch what she says. Normally, it would be only the scriptures, but... I heard myself speak why he asked me to do that. Normally, it would only be scriptures, but the Lord told me I needed to repent for the participation I had with the racist spirit. Uh-huh. Repent of the racist spirit. Racism is caused by a breaking of Christ's command to love your neighbor as yourself and to love one another. Right? This is a sin of the flesh. It has nothing to do with the demonic, per se. So we got a problem, and the problem is you, hear, you heard it from her. Normally, I would say only the scriptures, but, and there's the issue. And this is where we're going to spend some time doing some biblical work, because this is where this nonsense really comes to roost for all churches that will not obey the words of Scripture to preach the Word. And, uh, and, and so we'll do a little bit of work along the way. All right, let's do this. What we are going to do, we're going to start off with a story. 
First uh, Samuel chapter 15. This is the story of Saul, God rejecting Saul. There's a very specific reason why God rejects Saul as king. And let's read this out from the text. Samuel said to Saul, Yahweh sent me to anoint you king over his people. Now, therefore, listen to the words of Yahweh. Thus says Yahweh of hosts. By the way, Savah here in Hebrew, that means armies, the Lord of armies. I have noted what Amalek did to Israel in opposing them on the way when they came out of Egypt. Now go and strike Amalek and devote to destruction all, all that they have. Do not spare them, but kill both man, woman, child, infant, ox, sheep, camel, and donkey. Pretty clear word. God's acting in judgment against the Amalekites, and all he has to do is devote to destruction everybody, everything, full stop. Does Saul do that? No. So Saul summoned the people and, mur- and numbered them at uh, Telaim, and uh, 200,000 men on foot, and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to the city of Amalek and lay in wait in the valley. Then Saul said to the Kenites, Go, depart down from the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. Uh, for you showed kindness to all the people of Israel. And when they came up out of Egypt, so the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites, and Saul defeated the Amalekites from Havilah as far as Shur, which is east of Egypt, and he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive. Oops. And he devoted destruction to all the people with the edge of the sword, but Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and of the fatted calves, and of the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them, all that was despised and worthless, they devoted to destruction. So the word of Yahweh came to Samuel. Here's what God said. I regret that I have made Saul king, for he has turned back from following me, and has not performed my commandments. And Samuel was angry, and he cried out to Yahweh all night. And Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, and it was told to Samuel, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set up a monument for himself. Did he now? Uh-huh. And turned and passed on and went to Gilgal. So Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed be you, To Yahweh, I have performed the commandment of Yahweh. Has he now? No, he hasn't. And Samuel said, well, what then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of oxen that I hear? And Saul said, ah, they have brought them for the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice to Yahweh your God. Did God say to do that? No, he said to destroy it all. The rest, though, we've devoted to destruction. So then Samuel said to Saul, stop. I will tell you what Yahweh said to me this night. And he said to him, speak. Samuel said, though you are little in your own eyes, are you not the head of the tribes of Israel? Yahweh anointed you king over Israel. And Yahweh sent you on a mission and said, go devote to destruction the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of Yahweh? Note here. Why then did you not obey the voice of Yahweh? Where can we find the voice of Yahweh today, by the way? 
The voice of the Lord is heard in the scriptures. That's where you're going to hear it. And pastors and churches are bound to God's word. I'll show you that in a minute. But why did you not obey the voice of Yahweh? Why did you pounce on the spoil and do what was evil in the sight of Yahweh? So Saul said to Samuel, I have obeyed the voice of Yahweh. I have gone on the mission which Yahweh sent me, and I have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and I have devoted to the the Amalekites Amalekites to destruction. But the people, they they took the spoil of the sheep and the oxen, the best of things devoted to destruction, to sacrifice to Yahweh your God in Gilgal. So note, he's not even owning his sin. He absolutely has not obeyed the voice of the Lord. There are sheep and oxen and cattle that are alive that are supposed to be dead. There's a king by the name of Agag who's supposed to be dead. And, and, uh, and he has the audacity to basically say, listen, I have obeyed the commandment of Yahweh. I've done exactly what Yahweh told me to do while at the same time totally disobeying what, the God, what God told him to do. And so... Um, and then he blames the people. He says, oh, well, I did what Yahweh told me to do, but the people, yeah, 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 that's the ticket. Yeah, the, the people, they, they wanted to spare so that we can offer a sacrifice to Yahweh. Isn't that pious and holy of us? Right? So Samuel said, has Yahweh as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrificing as in obeying the voice of Yahweh? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, to listen than the fat of rams. For rebellion, and Mary here in the, in the Hebrew is, has the same kind of thrust as the Greek, a rebellion, apostasy, is as the sin of divination or witch, a rich, witchcraft. That, that's another completely valid way to translate kesem here. Uh, for rebellion is as the sin of divination and presumption as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of Yahweh, he has also rejected you from being king. Saul said to Samuel, well, I, I've sinned, for I've, I've transgressed the commandment of Yahweh and your words. Oh, well, because I feared the people and I obeyed their voice. Totally blaming them for his own sin. Now, therefore, please pardon my sin and return with me that I may bow before Yahweh. And Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you, for you've rejected the word of Yahweh, and Yahweh has rejected you from being king over Israel. So you're going to note. Severe consequences in the past. This stands as an example to us of those who reject God's word, who do not obey his commands, who will not listen to him, who pay no heed or or give any honor to it at all and pay attention to it carefully to, to obey it, to believe it. It stands as a warning to us. Next text, I want you to consider what is written in the Gospel of John, chapter, uh, John chapter 8. And this is a, um, this is an interesting text. Jesus uh, having a verbal combat match with people who do not believe his words. And listen to what Christ says. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And this is where we must understand something. And, And listen to me, Christians. If you are a Christian, you are a disciple of Christ. My question for you is this. What kind of student are you? Because that's what disciples are. They are students. They are learners. By the way, there are no disciples of Chris Roseboro. Chris Roseboro doesn't have disciples. We're all disciples of Jesus together. In order to be a good disciple of Christ, we must be in his word, which is found where? 
the scriptures. Christ said to his apostles, the one who hears you, hears me. The one who rejects you, rejects me, and rejects him who sent me. So the disciples, the apostles who wrote the New Testament, Christ says the one who hears them, hears Jesus, and also the one who sent him, who is the Father. So that being the case, you say you're a Christian. So let me ask you this. Do you abide in God's word or do you despise it? Do you get annoyed when your pastor or pastrix uh, uh, opens up a biblical text and reads more than three verses? Do you get annoyed when, when precious sermon time is wasted in reading out biblical texts and, and focusing in on what they mean? Think about it, okay? Because you'll note one of the prophecies in Scripture, one of the prophecies has to do with the fact that a time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine. Second Timothy chapter 4, a passage we should all be familiar with by, time, by now. Note what Paul says to young Pastor Timothy. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, uh, by his appearing and his kingdom, to preach the word. Well, how often are we supposed to do that? Don't we get Sundays off from the Word? No. Okay. First um, Timothy, watch what, what Paul says to young Pastor Timothy in First Timothy 4. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct, in love, in faith, and purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. That's the job of the pastor. Be devoted to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to didaskalia, to the teaching, to the doctrine. And I would note the Greek here, te didaskalia, that's not just talking about doctrine in general or teaching in general. It's the faith once delivered to the, to the saints. So devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to the doctrine, the teaching. Do not neglect the gift that you have, which was given to you by prophecy when the council of elders lay their hands on you, and practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Immerse yourself in what? The scriptures. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching, the doctrine. Persist in this, for by doing so you will save both yourself and your hearers. So in our day, we live in the day when Paul prophesied, says, listen, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and doctrine with teaching. Why? Because the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. Nope. That's the day we're living in right now. And so I, ask, I have to ask the question, does the church you attend, do they endure sound doctrine? Or do they punish pastors who dare annoy people with long sections of scripture and deep study into what God's word means in context? Think it through. Okay, because there are far too many churches that absolutely despise God's word. Uh, we recently did a video of uh, Jesse Duplantis claiming that Jesus isn't going to return or hasn't returned because the church hasn't given money. Okay, that's just flat out nonsense. But uh, one of the things I saw consistent in the comments is the, 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 the idea that people just don't understand why anybody would believe this. The answer is simple. Jesse Duplantis is successful because 
far too many. In fact, I would even argue a vast majority of people in the visible church today, they despise sound doctrine and they've gotten rid of sound teachers and they reward Jesse Duplantis because Jesse Duplantis tells them exactly what they want to hear. And the thing they don't want to hear is the word of God. Think that out. That's the way that works. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. They'll turn away from listening to the truth and they will wander off into myths, right? That's the day we're living in now, but we continue. So here's Christ on the subject. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide Continue in my word. You are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So they answered him, well, we are the offspring of Abraham. We've never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say we will become free? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are the offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me. Why? Because my word finds no place in you. How many churches is that the case for today? God's word finds no place in those churches. I speak of what I've seen with my father, and you do what you've heard from your father. No, Jesus is amping things up in this this discourse. So they answered him, well, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if Abraham, if you were Abraham's children, you'd be doing the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing your works your father did. And they said to him, well, we're not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. And Jesus said to them, listen, if God were your father, you would love me for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? And here it comes again. It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil. Your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. How many churches? They don't stand in the truth at all. There's no truth in them at all. Yet they call themselves Christian. They call themselves disciples. They are not, right? When the Satan lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. So which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. Full stop. Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. Yeah. Do you despise God's word? Do you loathe it? Do you want to wring the neck of any person who would dare bring you God's word in depth at your church? These words should convict you. You are deeply in the wrong and need to repent. Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. So the Jews answered, are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? And Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. And so note here, there's great benefit to keeping 
reading, marking, learning, inwardly digesting, focusing in on, gathering uh, around, taking notes uh, about God's word, right? So the Jews said to him, well, now we know you have a demon. Abraham died as did the prophets, yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. But what Jesus said is true, you know. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died and the prophets who died? Who do you make yourself out to be? So Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me of whom you say he is our God. But you say you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I did, I do not know him, I would be a liar like you, but I do know him and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said, well, you're not yet 50 years old and you've seen Abraham? Of course, Jesus is God in human flesh. Jesus said to them, truly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Invoking the divine name from Exodus chapter 3, Jesus is the I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. So you're going to know, Christ seems to put a high value on hearing his words, not despising them, not rejecting them, but abiding in them positively. Second uh, John, um, John writes this, I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as uh, we were commanded by the Father. And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. That's going to require us to read the word, right? This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world. Those who do not confess the coming of Jesus Christ in the flesh, those are your Gnostics, such a one is the deceiver and the Antichrist. So watch yourselves so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward." And watch what he says. Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting, for whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. So the problem here is the despising of God's word and the rejecting of it for deceiving spirits and deceiving voices. Let's watch the rest of this embarrassing thing because here's the thing. What leads to this may be actually present in your current church. And if it is, you need to call your pastor to repentance and tell him to preach the word in season and out of season because this is only like the long-term result of the continual rejection of the sufficiency of scripture. We continue. In America. So I'm going to ask us right now to all grab a hold of this in our hand, every single one of us. But from the Father right here, we are going to lift the staff and we will command the Spirit not only to leave, but he shall not pass. Now, if you heard... Why are they clapping for this? This is utter lunacy. People should be fleeing the building lest lightning strike but it. Apostle Savosa said, he said that you need to oil your door. So I encourage you, if you haven't done this in the proper order, you must put oil in your door and then go in front and repeat this act with us. Where in the scripture does it say to put oil on our door and then repeat this prophetic uh, apostolic that act? That the spirit of racism may leave your house, whether you participated as a victim or as someone who did it. We all did it for a country to be where it is right now. The sad bit is that racism is a real problem. 
and real people are legitimately suffering and have lost their lives because of racism. And as horrible as this is, this is just buffoonery. This is making a mockery of those who have worked against racism, bona fide racism, and those who've suffered at the hands of racists. This, this doesn't help anything. I, just, I commend them for wanting to solve the problem, but this shows that they don't know their scriptures and they've rejected the Bible. Now, we all did it, but we will say together, no more, no more, no more. So on the count of three. Oh, I'm sorry, we have to sit. Well, two things. I think it's important for you to share the vision of Gandalf, putting the stake down because that, that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So for those of you who didn't see the Again, note, Shayon and Bill Johnson have their hands on the stick. They have willingly participated in this theodrama. This is theater. This is nothing. The movie. So this happens in the fellowship. In the fellowship of the ring. In the fellowship of the ring, at some point, Gandalf stands up and he is in the middle of this, this tomb type of place. And the demon that's been holding court there has, has killed everyone, pretty much, that used to live there. It was the dwarves. He's killed them all. And at, when the demon comes after Gandalf, even the demons flee. The demons flee. They start climbing the walls. And out of nowhere, Gandalf realizes the only... She's even eisegeting the Fellowship of the Ring. The only thing that will stop this demon is if he stands there and confronts it. Toe to toe, eye to eye, and tells him this is the line. And the demon is in full authority, in full manifestation of its presence. It's just roaring in front of Gandalf. And Gandalf stands in his authority in front... It's a ball rock, and Gandalf is a wizard in the story. ...of the demon and says it. The first time he hits it, and it doesn't happen. The second time, Gandalf does it again, and still the demon is not obeying. And at the third time, Gandalf puts both of his hands on the staff, yes, yes. and he said, I said! And he hits it. And that authority is what we are talking about that can only be released by an apostolic decree. Yes. The authority must be given, and that's why I revealed what we heard tonight. So... Is that clear? Yeah. Thank you. So please stand up with us. So if you can stand because you're standing in authority, because you're all kings and priests, and all of us, we're an apostolic people. Oh, my goodness. Wrong. Boy, this is a So as an apostolic team, with the authority that God's given to us, we decree and declare that racism will end. It's over in the ecclesia from this night forward in Jesus' mighty name. Let's lift it up and bang it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, give him a praise over. And do you think that uh, racism was brought to an end on June 12th, 2020? Was that the historic moment when it all ended in the church? No, far from it. So you get the idea. And the point is this, is that this is the result of the continual rejecting of the sufficiency of God's word and holding it sacred, gladly hearing and learning it, and instead chasing after deceitful spirits and things other than God's word, rather than obeying and studying and abiding in God's word the way God tells us to do in the Old Testament and Christ tells us to do in the New Testament and the apostles reiterate in the New Testament. The one who does not abide in the teaching, who goes beyond what is written, don't have anything to do with them. God has spoken. And here's the thing. Far too many churches, 
that it, are, they're doing the same thing. It's just a matter of degrees. They haven't gone this far down the road, but they're already on the same road that led to this nonsense. Think about it. So hopefully you found this helpful. If so, all the information on how you can share the video is down below in the description. And I would like to give a shout out for those of you who are members of our crew and support us financially. If it were not for you, we could not be doing the work that we are doing. And I wanna personally thank you uh, for supporting us financially. If you would like to join our crew, there's a link down below that'll take you to our website so that you can join our crew and give a nominal amount of money every month in order to support this work so that we can continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you into the world. So until next time, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ and his vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen.